Hi, everybody. This is Frankie Trujillo Dalby, and Oscar uh, Juarez is here with me, and we're here to tell you all about our brand new radio show. That, um, and you're listening to the the very first show that we've done together. You might know me from KYQ. I'm uh, the president of the board, and I also used to do a radio show called FYI. But this is a brand new show, and it will be airing Fridays at 12.30 and repeating on Saturdays at 12.30. And let's first, before we go into what the show's about, I want you to get to know um, Oscar, and I want you to get to know me a little bit more, and then we'll talk about what the show's going to be about. And I think that will become clear as we talk about our backgrounds. So, Oscar, why don't you kick it off? Tell the people who you are and what you do. <laughs> well, then, thank you, Frankie. And uh, just like Frankie said, uh, my name is Oscar Juarez, or Oscar. It doesn't matter that with me. Uh, I was born and raised in El Paso, Texas, so I am not a native of Oregon, and, and I am a transplant. Uh, just to give you a real quick uh, background that on that me, it is I... Uh, I am a first-generation American. My uh, parents had migrated from from Mexico. Uh, that my mom was born and raised in Fresnillo, and my dad was born and raised in Leon, Zacatecas. So, so for me, that what I've been doing is that uh, I've been an educator, and I've worked in all different kinds of jobs. Uh, I I worked from stemming from the hospital into the university, to retail, to security, through uh, 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 banquets, uh, cook, wow. language, uh, <laughs> any job you can think of, I, I uh, most likely I've done it. Wow. And, uh, but the only one that which stuck the most was uh, being an educator and right taught for, for more than 15 years uh, for Head Start, and uh, where I worked with families that were low social economic status. Uh, mm -hmm. And I was fortunate that uh, Head Start paid for my schooling. And I, and I, after I finished up my bachelor's degree and I decided to uh, continue and I get to have my graduate degree. And that's mm -hmm. what brought me that out here. Uh, oh. The funniest thing was uh, I had actually gone for a job interview at Grace Harbor Oh. the, the uh, summer before that. Uh, mm -hmm. And unfortunately, I didn't get the job. But when I came to uh, to Oregon Coast Community College, this is where I was at a crossing point uh, because uh, I, uh, New Mexico State University had offered me that the same job. And one of the oh, things was wow. New Mexico had offered me a tenure track. Whoa. They offered me more money uh, mm -hmm. and everything, but when I came to Newport and I noticed exactly the uh, problems that my own hometown that I went through that right after the passing that of Nat. And uh, that was something that I felt more of a challenge. Uh, and that's the reason why that I decided to, to forego <laughs> tenure and I came to Oregon. Wow. Well, we're glad you did. 
And what do you do? What do you do for the college? What's your job title? Uh, I am the early childhood faculty member. Mm -hmm. So, so see, and it's just like I mentioned, you know, this goes back again in the to my work experience that I work in the average audience. And uh, for me, that it's been the, one of the most satisfying. Well, just like I tell people and students, uh, being a teacher is a vocation. It is not a job. Uh, those of you who uh, who uh, want to be teachers and uh, just are thinking like all oh, the holidays off and the uh, and the uh, summers off, and I'm sorry, but that's not your and uh, that's not the uh, that's not your profession. Okay? Yeah. Uh, see, uh, see, in a uh, teaching means a uh, a, a lot of hard work that all that are a lot of planning. Mm. Uh, uh, mm. We are underappreciated, but the only thing it's that just looking at children's faces that and uh, just smiling and uh, see and uh, just learning so much from us, and uh, that is what makes it worth it. Yep, yep. And OCCC has a very large population of of Latino kids, um, Guatemalans. Uh, Mexicans, uh, uh, and and so representation matters. Plus, you're able to communicate in Spanish with a lot of the students too, right? Yes, uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, that one of the things that uh, when I first came out here in the for my job interview, and I actually that visited businesses, and see, and and the first thing that I saw was that all of us brown people that were that in it were always in the back house. And I actually got got to speak to one of the cooks from Geno's, and uh, he asked me that what I was doing here, and I uh, told him, "Hey, man, and uh, see uh, for me, and I'm here for a yeah, job interview, and uh, and you know that about the college and everything." And uh, then he said, "No," and uh, then I asked him, "Well, uh, see, and uh, does the college have people who look like us and who are able to speak Spanish?" And he said, "No." So that to me was like, hey, well, then, you know what? Uh, just in case if I get hired now, at least that you know that there is somebody who's brown who is able to speak Spanish and who's always willing to be out with the community. So, Awesome. Well, I'm really glad you chose here rather than New Mexico, although that sounds like a pretty cool job. <laughs> um, Those are two of them. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad you're here. I really am because it's been really cool when I've um, been at OCCC to be able to get to know you some. And that's kind of how we got to where we are now. But I want, will you talk about some of your, the work that you've done with um, the border there in El Paso, the border program that you put together? I can't remember the name of it offhand. Oh, yes. Uh, well, see, and what happened was, uh, uh, my uh, former title that used to be chair that are border interface. What happens that with border interface that, that we are a uh, religious nonpartisan uh, political uh, group, and mm -hmm. uh, we, and and one of the main purpose was that we were just fighting for the needs that of our community. Uh, that see that see and uh, for us that uh, back home that we also had. Uh, 
the organization is called EPISO. And, uh, and the only difference is that with EPISO, and it's only a uh, with Catholic churches. Ah. But, but with uh, Border Faith, uh, we had uh, synagogues and uh, we had uh, mm. some, uh, the Baptist. Uh, and, and see, and uh, for us, uh, see that we weren't just Catholic, but we were more, more inclusive. And and some of the struggles and uh, which and which I can say that I fought for mm -hmm. it didn't work, but I fought for it was for uh, was for Medicaid expansion. You know, this uh, was something that which was dear, which was dear to my heart. Um, yeah, yeah. I see, uh, one of the things is that it's a lot of people that uh, don't understand that of uh, living here. That in Oregon, that how fortunate that we are to have healthcare, and yeah. see, see, and especially those those of us that are from those social economic status, that we have access to uh to uh, healthcare in Texas, uh, <coughs> that our uh, governor Rick Perry that decided not not to be part of uh that of uh, part of Obamacare and. Right. And also that with Medicaid expansion, right? And for us, that uh, since we are a border city, mm -hmm. our uh, ho see our uh, hospitals, our hospitals that were being overwhelmed mm -hmm. by uh, by uh, people who uh, couldn't have that the means that are paying for uh, medical services, right. Uh, that the other thing was that um, that children's health uh, was also a uh, was was also a uh, big concern. Um, yeah, I myself that with my that with my five children that they went through Medicaid. Yeah, and and it really uh, see and to me for my children to have that Medicaid that was at least a blessing, but. But for my wife, and that was uh, my biggest fear was was that what would happen that if that if my wife that would have a uh, serious ill well well illness, and then mm -hmm. from there that that we had no resource and that right. we had to go to the hospital, the the yeah. longer waiting times and the very thing. so so that's part of the reason why I joined that border interview and. Um, and through that program that uh, I actually went to the uh, Texas legislature that I uh, spoke to representatives that uh, we were trying a, a major push that of pushing the uh, Texas legislature that of expanding mm -hmm. Medicaid. Wow. We had that we actually did the battle, but unfortunately that we did not win it in, in the Texas. This is a great topic for one of our shows, but you know, it just, you got to ask the question. I think I know the answer, but why, why, why wouldn't they do it? Why wouldn't they accept the, did that mean they were, they were too liberal to do that? Or what, what reason did they give you, your group? For not well, doing uh, when I spoke that with legislatures, uh, that the mean, 
when they spoke specifically that with Republican that the uh, representatives uh, their that their logic was that uh, uh, that uh, that the Medicaid expansion that was not was not going to be fruitful and then that the state that that would have a a, a bigger uh, price tag for in a, towards the end. Hmm. Uh, the only thing was that, that was that that was not the truth. Um, we actually did that, and we actually did the, the research, and uh, we found out that the Texas that by itself was investing just through our state taxes that we were investing that two billion dollars into the federal hmm. government. And for us, see, and for us that are our that our main argument was like, hey. We are investing money that there are taxes. Yeah. And, and Medicaid expansion mm -hmm. is a way to bring that money back to us. Yeah. Uh, that the other thing which which I was trying to advocate was that for me was was I was trying to sell it as a tax break. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh and and part of the reason. For me, was of uh, thinking like this way was that because uh, county hospitals who uh, who uh, footed the bill would always raise home taxes that are on uh, Texans. So one of the best ways that which we that which we could offset it was was see was through the Medicaid expansion that where mm -hmm. people would not need to go to our. Mm -hmm to our local uh, uh, county-owned hospitals, and mm -hmm. uh, they would have access to uh, providers. And, uh, mm -hmm. see, and, the, see, and once we actually do that, there is a uh, less burden where uh, the county has to spend money that are, that are those services. And uh, of course, that, that money could be spent something, uh, somewhere else, or if not, give a tax break? Well, you know, we could and will do, I think, many shows about on this topic. Um, um, and so let me, um, one more question for you, and then mm -hmm. I'll say a little bit about myself. And that is, you like to be, and this is, again, another topic, maybe, maybe we'll do our, our next show on this topic, but you like to self-identify as Mesoamerican, correct? Mm -hmm. And yes. um, here in the Northwest, at least, it's not a term that's that's very well used yet. Um, I think it will be. But um, um, why don't you tell us briefly um, what Mesoamerican means, or or why you use that that designation? And then I'll tell you what mine is. All right. Well, uh, for you to say, and the first of all that with Mesoamericans, and uh, which we're talking about that of North America and of uh, Central America, and uh, mm -hmm. this is mainly see and see and uh, and one of the biggest things is that when they say that uh, North America, that we always tend to forget that Mexico is part of North America. Yeah, we yeah. that we always put Mexico has uh, part of Central America, and it's not true. Um, yeah. See, and part of that term uh, that is more inclusive that because that we are counting, and just like I said, all the way from uh, Canada, that all towards uh, Colombia. 
See, and so what happens is that um, we share that up, that we share a, a long lineage mm-hmm. throughout Central America and also that mm-hmm. North America. Um, mm-hmm. We all know that the Mayans, that that the Aztec, that the Incas, and uh, that their that their empires range through all of Central, uh, through all of Central, uh, through mm-hmm. Central America and North America. And parts that of South America. Mm-hmm. So for me, for me that this is why that I like to use Meso uh, Meso Americans uh, compared to Latin X. Mm-hmm. Well, we can have a talk about Latin X, huh? <laughs> we will too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but oh yeah, see, and uh, so that's only the reason. Uh, and for yeah. me, it, see, and that is a more in more inclusive yeah. work. I like it. I like it. I'm, I'm thinking about switching. I just, uh, and I think most folks probably know me pretty well. Um, they may not know that um, um, I grew up in a very different environment than Oscar did. I grew up in West Los Angeles, very near to Santa Monica um, in a pretty white neighborhood. I think there was, after a while, By the time I grew up, there were two other Mexican families on our block besides myself. My dad um, is from New Mexico and calls himself Spanish, which is a very different designation than calling him Mexican. So if you ask my dad who he was, he would say that he was Spanish. And Toledo, Trujillo is a Spanish name, actually. Um, My mom is first generation from Mexico. Um, Her Mother was from El Paso, if I'm not mistaken, and um, they followed the railroad here to um, uh, Toledo for work. And then my grandfather got a job in one of the sawmills and um, was a night watchman there. Um, so, so my environment growing up is really, really different, I believe. And and also, I'm I'm pretty much monolingual English, um, and so. One of the things that I thought about when I when we talked about doing this show is is that we can show a wide range of the way that um, we experience being uh, Mesoamerican, or I like to lately I've been calling myself a Chicana, which is a whole nother designator, never Latinx. Sorry, folks, not ever Latinx. Um, but I think maybe we should do our first show on or our second show, rather, on kind of titles, because I think that's the first question people have about us is, what do I call you? Because everybody wants to have this nice little this nice little neat box to, I think, put us in. So I think we have a nice range of experiences to be able to talk about issues and to show that we are not all the same, that um uh, uh, a Mexican, and I do think of myself as Mexican, a Mexican from Los Angeles is really different than a Mexican in El Paso, for sure. And I feel like um, we can present um, some good ranges. So um, you all know that well, I went to school. Oh, I'm sorry, huh? Well, and you know, Frankie, and I just had to give you context that for the word Chicano, and it's basically Mexican-Americans. And uh, yeah. that's a word which I also use. And see, see and for, me that I, 
My dad hated that term because <laughs> he said, he, and remember, you know, I'm in Los Angeles, West LA, where, you know, the, we're not that far from Delano, from, from the great, uh, uh, in fact, my padrinos uh, lived, lived on a grape uh, farm. He was a, uh, uh, a foreman. And, um, and so, so Chicano to my dad meant political, kind of like radical. We were, and so he said, no, 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 I'm not a Chicano. I hate the, I hate that word. And, and he was, he, he could have been an activist himself, but so he just called himself Spanish. Uh, so let's tell them a little bit about in our, uh, let's see, we have about 10 minutes left. So let's tell them a little bit about what our show is going to be about. I mean, I think we've kind of showed it already uh, just in our talking back and forth, but they haven't seen anything yet because uh, uh, one of the things I jotted down the other day was that um, while we're both academics and we know how to do research and all of that, I think our teaching style on both sides, wouldn't you agree, Oscar, is, is storytelling. We're going to mm -hmm. tell we're going to tell our stories. And sometimes we'll have uh, guest speakers to tell their stories. Um, sometimes we might have a politician or two to uh, talk about some um, issues around education that are concerning, housing that are concerning. Um, I started to list, you know, Oscar, all the issues we could talk about. And, you know, it was like the whole range. <laughs> Housing, language, culture, uh, you know, cultural ways, DACA, gosh, we could do months on DACA, on um, immigration policy. Um, and so, so the format that we're going to follow is going to be pretty uh, uh, informal like we're doing now. And we're just going to have conver a conversation about it. And that doesn't mean we're not going to bring in some good research, but hopefully we're just going to have a conversation about how, how how we feel about these issues, but also how they affect our people. And um, and when I say our people, I'm talking very broadly, Mesoamerican. I want to be very inclusive about that. Um, and even some Spaniards, too. <laughs> uh, so... Um, Let's see, what do the folks need to know about our program? Um, we don't have a good name yet, or at least a formal name. We have a working title that Oscar just threw out. What is it, Oscar? Tell the people so I can stop Hanging with the homies. <laughs> so, right, hanging with the homies. <laughs> and we, we may hang on to that, to that uh, title as well. Um, but, but, but we'll see. Um, so for now, we're going to be called Hanging with the Homies, and um, I hope you're going to join us uh, on this on this new path that we're going down. Uh, again, we're going to air every Friday from 12.30 to 1 o'clock, and on Saturdays from 12.30 to 1 o'clock. And so I'm really hoping that you'll all join us, and you'll tell your friends about us, and you will... Um, um, listen in. You can certainly write us at comments 
comments at kyq.org. And if there's a particular topic that you'd like us to to, um, to cover, or if there's um, or you have a comment or a question about something that we've said, feel free, please, to uh, send us an email. Um, let's see what else. What would anything you'd like to add, Oscar? I've kind of taken over, which is sort of my way, since I've been doing this a long time. <laughs> no, and uh, the only thing that if we actually do have that, that some of our that are bilingual speakers and who wish to write their question that in Spanish. And oh. they're also welcome to write it in the Spanish. And the good thing is I, that I'm able to read and speak Spanish. So, so es este que la ventaja que de ser que de bilingüe es especialmente aquí en Oregon que porque es muy distinto que de comparado que estar en la frontera. So. And I understood about half of that. And that's a whole other part of our stories. <laughs> It's why do I not know Spanish and why do you know Spanish? And um, and there's some controversy around that topic, too, with um, what makes a real Mexican or a real Mesoamerican. And I don't think there is any such thing. I don't think there is a quintessential uh, person. And there's some really good reasons why I don't speak Spanish that are... Uh, uh, that are uh, mired in uh, the times that I was growing up and my parents feeling that it was important that um, I know English very well because that that's how you got ahead in the US in those days. Still today it's true, but in those days. And so, so there's a lot of reasons to not speak Spanish around me, except when they wanted to tell secrets. Then I knew they were telling some secret because they were saying it to each other in Spanish. <laughs> but um, I can understand a little more than I can speak. Um, and it's one of those things that I, you know, I certainly wish I could speak Spanish. But, and like I said, I can understand, you know, the gist of, of such. So in our remaining uh, two minutes, um, Oscar, um, thank you for joining me on this. You know, I just said to Oscar one day, I said, let's do a radio show. And he said, okay. So, <laughs> um, so I'm really excited about, about this. And I've always wanted to do a show talking about uh, and ex educating people about my culture. And um and so now I have the opportunity to do that. And, and so that's really exciting to me. Uh, do you have any famous last words before we, uh, and thank you for inviting people to give us questions in Spanish. Um, I think that's really awesome. I've never had that option before. Um, <laughs> uh, no, uh, the only thing that I, the only thing that I can think of, it's of that song that I remember that it goes uh, stand up, stand up. Stand up for your right. Oh, stand yeah. Up, <laughs> hey, that could be our bumper music. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. And, uh, for me, it's best to 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 try and um, try and uh, give the people who have not been exposed uh, mm -hmm. to a uh, different culture. And to me, the, this is the best way to learn and uh, Get a little bit of more insight there because 
not not all brown people are Mexican. That's uh, right. That's, mm -hmm. that's so exactly that's right. That's right. And I hope to have a young man that we know who's Guatemalan to talk mm -hmm. about his experiences coming to Oregon, coming to Newport from Guatemala. Um, so there's lots of good stories to be told. And I hope that, and, uh, and of course, we, we have to have some fun too, because that's, that's the culture. <laughs> we got to have some fun. So. Um, so we're in our last moments here. Um, I think it's probably time to say goodbye to everybody. And please do listen in um, uh, next week. And we'll see you then. Oscar? Well, and I hope uh, to get back and uh, with everybody back next week and so we can continue that our that our wonderful discussions. Awesome. So see you next week, folks. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>